This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Charlotte Cosmos, Cheese, So many dudes. Every single dude All the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee and I'm Rose Cerno and this is Couldn't Help But, but wonder. wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. Hello, oh my god, happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. I'm drinking, not on the mic, but I am drinking a holiday scented tea, I would say. It has lots of cinnamon in it. Gal, who were you this week? Um, honestly, I think I was a little bit of a Samantha. Ooh. Yeah, which is rare. I'm in rare form. Um, but yeah, I felt very like boss bitch this week, and yes. I was really proud of myself because I think I the past couple episodes was just kind of like, no, not feeling it, a little down. And I feel like I'm back with a vengeance. She's coming up. <sighs> I want the world to know. That's wonderful. Yeah, and I just feel like um, I don't even have anything that specific to point to, but I don't know. I've just felt very, I don't know. I just think felt, it's the I je felt, ne sais well butrin? Um, It could be the butch a little bit. I definitely see a difference. It's very subtle, which I like. It's not like a whirlwind in my head. It's very like, You're okay, not like this Robin is kind Williams of. All of a sudden. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I, I was worried. I was like, I don't know. Because I, I definitely have known people who have been on the wrong medicine for them. And it just makes them like kind of a weird version of themselves. And they don't even notice it. But I'm like very. Trying yeah. to be conscious of like how it's shifting. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I think it's the Wellbutrin to a degree. And I also just think, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I had shows in Portland this past weekend and they were just like amazing and everyone who opened for me was really great. Awesome. And like yeah, all the like fans were very like it, we like sold out and it was just great. Amazing. Yeah. So I just I honestly think that was the biggest burst that plus a little bit of butch on the side. Awesome. Yeah. Who are you? When when you when Jamie was talking about medicine stuff, I was just like smiling because I was thinking I can be so moody when I'm on medicine. I'm like, I don't even want to know. Oh, that's so funny. The, the like 
dark girl in the corner that I would be without it. Oh yeah, I um, mean it is a game changer. I saw we go to Rose and I go to the same psychiatrist, and um, he told me something really interesting about Wellbutrin. He was what like, did he, say? he said it doesn't add anything; it just mm. takes away. Ooh. And I thought that was a really interesting way to put it because he was like, yeah, I mean, really, the only thing that adds is like cocaine. <laughs> like euphoria is not achievable by meds. I That's know, only so achievable annoying. by like recreational drug use. So yeah. Is he saying that he can give us cocaine? Yeah. He's just, he knows a guy. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. He knows another. He's a guy who knows another oh, guy. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 No, he's really he's chill like, like that. The only th- way to get you for is cocaine. So let me lose which my one license. Do you want? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting because I was like, that's exactly what it feels like. It's like certain other areas of my life have boosted, but it's because like the anxiety has been taken away. It's not like the medicine directly boosts. Does it help your anxiety? Yes. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's an antidepressant, but it's not an anti-anxiety because they said I couldn't take it because it can rev people up and make them more anxious. So it does have a stimulating effect. um, But I think that for me, it's a little chicken or the egg because I've noticed it clips like cyclical thoughts. And that makes me more focused. Interesting. So it's hard for me to be like, oh, it's because I'm stimulated by this. Do you feel like like a little buzz? No. Oh, interesting. I don't feel buzzed. I feel, um, no, I don't feel buzzed, but I did have to be at my computer for a really long time on Sunday. And it was very easy. It it was exhausting. Don't get me wrong. But it was like, okay, well, here I am on hour three and I'm not like needing a break. Really? I feel like right now, well, Butrin is looking like John Hamm. Right now, just looking very good. Yes, yeah, it's. Um, I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's uh, tall, dark, and handsome. I love it, and I'm into it. Anyway, who are you? Um, I am a reverse all of them. Ooh, because I had dinner with my ex last night, <gasps> and we had a perfectly lovely time, and it was not Lee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had ramen, and we had fun, and we had a good catch up, and I didn't like. It it was like truly friends. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, we had a really good that. time, but I also felt reminded in a good way of like why, why we're not you're together. not in a relationship, but yeah. not in a bad way. Like, oh, he's an asshole, but just like, oh, this is this is better for me. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so good because that's pretty soon after it ended to be buddies. So that's good that it it didn't take a long time to get there. Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't know how often we're going to hang, but I don't think I'm ready to hear about girlfriends or dating. I don't mm. I don't feel like he's doing that right now. Yeah. But um I definitely didn't feel like he got away or Yeah, like oh that. good. That's yeah. such a, I'm I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, me too. I'm so glad that we had yes. this like fun time. I didn't feel depressed afterwards. Good. It felt like it felt really good. Good, and it still feels good today. Yeah. Okay. I good. wasn't sad at all. I just felt okay. kind of like because I feel like I've had that where I'm like, no, this is good. This is good. And then the next day, I'm like, was I just trying to psych myself up? But you seem genuinely good with it. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's also like there's just certain things that were a problem for me in the relationship that haven't changed. So it's like, oh yeah, yeah, this is I can deal with this once in a while over ramen, but not like every day. Okay. This is great to know. Yeah, it was good. I'm really glad you guys hung out. Thanks. I really, I really am glad too. You know, it's funny. It's like. You know, I I care about him as a human being. Yeah, and it's nice to see him. You know, wow, this yeah. is so civil, I so know, mature. I'm like, literally, like on planet. How maturity. horrifying when people say mature instead of mature. 
mature. Is, that's a 10 You're out very of 10 mature. I feel mature. You're so My mature. mom uses a bunch of really annoying words. Like she's like, can you just be civil to me? I'm like, civil mom? Oh my God. I just said civil. That's so weird. It's so annoying. And I never say well, maybe civil. Maybe it only annoyed me because my mom said it. If you no, said it, I probably but I care. wonder if I like sort of anticipated it almost on like a well, it was like, level, it just is like so dramatic. Yes. Okay. Did. I think I did. I think I did. Okay, gal. Should we jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, uh, guys, we're in. Oh, just, you know, just a quick reminder to anyone who's a new listener. Hello. Welcome. We're so happy you're here. This is a Sex in the City podcast, and we are analyzing every single episode of Sex in the City in order. And right now we are on season three, episode four. And the episode is called Boy, Girl, Boy, Girl. Rose, take it away. Thank you, Jaime. Things kick off at Charlotte's Gallery, where the core four plus Stanford are checking out the shocking new work of the moment. Drag king portraits. Oh, where ladies dress up like dudes. Mind blown in the Mind 90s. Literally this shook. This is the most edgy I'm thing. I'm shook. I mean, truly. No, shake, can, rattle, and roll happening right now. Can she body. imagine? Baird Johnson, okay. The <laughs> photographer behind the gender play. <laughs> the photographer behind the gender play is an offbeat hottie, and Charlotte is into it. So much so that she gets all flustered even talking to him and has to duck to the canopy table to get a hold of herself. When Miranda heads back to her place, she finds that she is not alone. Steve is already there watching basketball and spreading his schlubby self all over the place. Miranda even has to toss a pair of his jeans onto a pile of his jeans because he's basically moved himself in. And Carrie heads to a date with her latest 20-something guy, Sean. They go ice skating together because that's just what the Gen Xers were doing in 2000s, baby. That and seeing men and women as Sean casually slips in. Totally chill. Carrie is totally chill about it. He's a bisexual. Well, I could have told you that, sweetie. He took you ice skating, for God's sake. The weird thing is he was so open about it. You know, hi, I'm a bisexual. Like, um, hi, I'm from Colorado or something. I don't think you're allowed to be bisexual in Colorado. <laughs> is that a problem? I mean, what kind of question is that? Is oh, that a problem? Of course it's a problem. What did you say? I said it wasn't a problem. I panicked. He's such a good kisser. You know, that generation is all about sexual experimentation. All the kids are going by. So what, if all the bi kids are jumping off a bridge, you're gonna do that too? <laughs> I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. When did this happen? When did the sexes get all confused? Somewhere between Gen X and Gen Y, they blended and made XY. <laughs> you know, I did the uh, date the bisexual guy thing in college, but in the end, they all ended up with men. So did the bisexual women. Which explains why there are no available men left for us. <sighs> oh, jeez. Maybe I do have a problem with this. I'm an old fart. Correction, a hot old fart. I'm not even sure bisexuality exists. I, I think it's just a, a layover on the way to gay town. Isn't that right next to Ricky Martinville? <laughs> you know, I think it's great. <laughs> He's open to all sexual experiences. He's evolved. It's hot. It's not hot. It's greedy. He's double dipping. You're not marrying the guy. You're making out with him. Enjoy it. Don't worry about the labels. Uh, you're right. You're right. I'm very into labels. Gay, straight. <laughs> Pick a side and stay there. Wow. <laughs> oh, God, Charlotte. Wow. Uh, Pick a side and stay there. And was it Miranda who said, I mean, is it a problem? And somebody said, yes. Was it Miranda who said that? I think so. Somebody gave her like a yes, it is obviously the problem. I think it was Miranda. Yeah. That'd be great. I mean, 
First of all, I, a, a couple of iconic lines. Oh. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything. It's one of the best jokes of the series, honestly. It's so good. I remember hearing that joke for the first time and being like, oh, I like that a lot. It's so good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, uh, I dated a bisexual guy and I was afraid as Carrie was saying that it was a stop on gay town mm-hmm. stop on the way to yeah town. next and to ricky martinville right yeah. right next to ricky martinville you know a lot of really current relevant examples yes i wonder who you'd even use now but anyway and um it's totally not pc to say there are obviously bisexual people that exist i think because of toxic masculinity it's so hard for so many of us if you don't have a lot of if you've never had a dated someone or had a friend who was a male bisexual, your only experiences are with gay males or straight males. It can take a little, can take an experience to open your mind. Dating this guy is what opened my mind because I really didn't understand it. I, I really thought that if he enjoyed sleeping with men that he couldn't possibly also really yeah want a relationship with yeah. a woman. Yeah. But when I kind of got over that, it didn't take me long to get over it, but mm-hmm. it was something I had to. And I asked all my girlfriends what they thought when I first started dating. Him. Yeah. What did they say? And it was kind of like this. Like I had friends who were like, oh, my God, it's no big deal. I've dated yeah. by guys. And then I've had friends that were like nothing against it, but could never do it. Yeah. And none of those answers are wrong. But I really liked him and it was worth it. So I'm glad that I did give him a chance. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. What do you think about this whole scenario? Well, I think because, and we've sort of seen this a couple times on the show in these sort of touchier moments that feel super off color and a little cringeworthy. I think that because we have four different perspectives being represented, um, thank God for Samantha here. I mean, <laughs> wow, without her, where would we be? Um, be just like in like a hateful, homophobic. She, I'm, yeah, I'm realizing that, and this is not the first time Samantha has really stuck her neck out and been like, hey, Carrie, for a sex writer, you are so it's close-minded. Um, and this is another example of that. Um, but I do understand where Carrie's coming from. I did date a guy who... We dated a little bit like late in middle school, if you will. Um, Wait, he was a bisexual in middle school? No, he wasn't. Wow. No, he was very like into girls and or outwardly he was into girls. And then we dated a little bit again, like later in high school, very briefly. And then freshman year. Uh, He he was like out out, like not by out, like gay out. Okay, So. But also, this was around the time that this show came out, and maybe he even felt pressure to put some kind of label on it, and maybe he now identifies as bi. I actually don't know. I haven't talked to him in a really long time. I actually heard that he ended up marrying a woman and having kids with her, and someone told me that information sounding really sad about it, like he was gay and like oh, couldn't no. accept his own um, sexuality, and he did have very religious parents, that and I'm sucks. sure that that had something to do with it as well. But, anyways, um, so yeah, I don't. I guess all that goes to say that I'm really happy there are at least with the sort of Charlotte, the Charlotte perspective in the mix. It's nice that at least Samantha's like, guys, wake up. Yeah, no, it's totally true. I mean, it's interesting too because it wasn't until I dated a bi guy that I realized how hard bisexual people have it in the sense that like they're not really accepted in anything, like. Gay people are mad that they're not gayer yes. and straight people are like, who the fuck are you? Yes. Like, and, like even what 
I don't remember who it was. It was either Charlotte or Miranda who was like, you're being greedy. Like Mm -hmm. that attitude. I think there is a lot of haterade against bisexuals. And I think that's really hard because it's like, I'm not fully this. I'm not fully that. Um, I have a friend who's both biracial and bisexual. I think she lives in like a very like third space place. Sure. She's young. She's in her mid twenties and she's really grappling with her own bisexuality because I think it's even frustrating for her. She's like, I wish I just knew that like I like this or I like this. So yeah, that's a a really interesting point of view is that like maybe the lack of labels is difficult for them as well, just from an identity point of view. Or I just think the bisexual and living in a society where like we do love labels like this society is Charlotte. Yeah, that's true. And it's like whether you want to call yourself bisexual or pansexual or whatever, I do think that even if that's who you are, I think a lot of people be- can't get their heads around it, which just makes it harder for you. Totally. That's so, that's exactly what I'm saying. Is yeah. that like it's almost like you have to produce some kind of label to make everyone else more comfortable. Yeah. And that must be a really exhausting place to be in. But I've also thought I was bi before. I've never dated a woman, but I've been like, yeah, that's possible. But I but because I haven't dated a woman, I don't feel I personally don't feel qualified to use the label. Right. But maybe I would start if I ever got to that place. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, as far as the gals reactions, I think the most offensive thing to it, even though I used to feel this way before my experience was I think it's completely fine to be like, I don't want to sleep with someone that also sleeps with men. That's a preference. You're allowed to do that. Of course, yeah. Um, Just like you're allowed to say, I don't want to sleep with this guy or that guy, whatever. That being said, even though I understood it and I felt it myself, I think... Carrie saying bisexuality is just a stop on gay town is the most like erasure comment of like, sure. you don't even exist. This yeah. is, you, you can't be real. I know more about you than you do. Right. Well, and also that's sort of, I feel like the trick with this show is that what we love about this show is that they speak so candidly and they're saying the things that you really aren't supposed to say. So there is part of me in watching this that is like, well, this is in a way, this is really great writing. And again, I know no, that I there's agree. a blind spot for the times. I'm not saying I that agree. this is exactly how it would be written today. But even if it were written today, I do think it would be important to have the person who is there making sort of the more closed-minded argument just to give the other characters something to sort of retaliate against. I agree. So that part of it, I that part of it sort of being this like behind closed doors conversation that you're getting to see on TV, no matter what the subject matter is, I, that part of it I do value. I agree too. And like, even though they're not being PC, I don't think they're being mean-spirited or no. like purposely hurtful. No. Um, You know, there was an episode about this exact topic in Insecure, which is, you know, cut to 20 years later. And I believe yeah, how did they handle it? I didn't see that. I believe that Molly didn't want to date him after she found out. Yeah, she dumped him. Mm. And that's in the that's a modern show. So interesting. Yeah, I think that there's the way you want to see yourself and then the way you are. Exactly. And I don't think it makes it. Oh, my God. I, I just got just a text get? from you guys. I'm 36. I know I look. 37. You <laughs> but um, I just got a text from a 28 year old that I'm talking to online. Nice. It's, you guys, I only, I changed my settings back already, but the only reason why I made it that low was because I saw a couple of hot episodes of Mrs. Fletcher and I was like, maybe I need to yeah. open my mind. I think a lot of people are feeling that coming off of Mrs. Fletcher. Okay. Well, now it's back up to a normal level. Okay, great, but I've been great, chatting great. with this guy who's very 
seems funny and whatever. Yeah. And he, and we're supposed to, oh my God, have dinner tomorrow night. And he just texts me, doll, how about dinner and drink in a movie tomorrow night? Doll, I'm 10 years <laughs> yeah, older no, than you. You're a doll. I'm like your raggedy ass grandma. <laughs> he didn't say what kind of doll. He was like, crusty ass doll. <laughs> um, I can't believe he called me doll. Oh, wow. How do we feel about a doll, a dollar? Like, I don't know how I'd feel about it. I'd being feel called. fine if he was like a rich 46 year old. Oh, but if he's okay. like my, young, if he was in elementary school, right, I was like, you're high reminding school. me of literal dolls because you played with them like two hours ago when you were also a kid. like, it'll be really interesting to see what he looks like in real life because if he looks like a tiny young little thing, I'm just going to be like, oh, my tummy hurts and just yeah. run away. All right. Well, we're going to feel it out where you'll go and you'll feel it out. Okay. Taking us back. Okay. Taking us back. So after lunch, Samantha naps herself a new assistant. His name is Matt, and Sam takes him on basically for looks alone. Charlotte, meanwhile, catches up with Baird, the artist she has a crush on. When he stops by her gallery to pick up a check, he also picks her up. Unfortunately, it isn't for a date. He wants her to pose for him, male drag and all. Also, Baird is a made-up name. I've never met a Baird. Nope. I don't think I ever will. In Dallas, there was a bread company called Mrs. Baird's Bread. Maybe this was maybe named after that. I mean, I'm hoping. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. Later, Carrie and Sean head to a club where his wandering eyes do not boost Carrie's confidence. Is he checking out men? Is he checking out women? Ay, ay, ay. Either way, Carrie really can't bring herself to drop it, and they take off back to her place for some floor sex. Why was that on the floor? I don't it know. It was very confusing. It's her apartment. There's a bed next also, to them. Also, it's never been more comfortable to fuck on the ground than a gorgeous bed. Yeah. Also, it's like such a like loving, like, weirdly tender scene it's like you typically don't have those on the floor <laughs> that's a bed everything's that's a bed, bed vibe. vibe everything's 100%. different with sean you guys like it's it just like, flipped her whole world upside down that he ever dated a guy what what's a bed is a floor a floor is a bed the ceilings are real i don't know what's happening it was his pitch to be on the floor oh my god i'm dating a bi guy we can't just like have mish on the bed we've got to like do like a weird Cirque du Soleil on the floor. We ice skate. We fuck on the floor. <laughs> Everything's different. We have wontons. We don't have sandwiches. It's just modern. Oh my God. Is that a problem? Uh, the toilets flush the other way. It's a whole thing. It's incredible. Okay. So Samantha and Matt's relationship is already getting off to a rocky start. Matt, it turns out, is a big fan of berating other assistants on the phone, and Samantha doesn't want him hurting her reputation. She lets it slide for the first time because, well, Matt is really hot. Really, really hot. Did you think he's hot? He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. I feel like he's hot, but then would say something like really racist. Yeah, he he's feels like a scary. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He feels scary. He's He is hot. Like, if he broke up with you, he'd, like, come back to your house with a bat. That actor was also in The Sopranos, and he was, like, he did scary. that basically. Right, yeah. right, right. You yeah. Can tell. If you were an actor in The Sopranos, you were also like that in real life. I hate to tell you. 
It's no different. Maybe Edie Falco is a little calm. There you go. I did see her once in Tribeca at a dance class with her son. And I was like, okay, maybe she's like not full blown. Yeah. Back at Miranda's, Steve is all cuddled up close. Maybe too close. Actually, I'd like to move in. Most single women dream of this moment. Most single women but Miranda. Wow. Okay. Where did that come from? She's like furious. Thinking about it. <laughs> we have a great time together. We're practically living together anyway. Yeah, but we're not. <laughs> Look, we just started dating again. There's no need to go at warp speed here. I mean, (laughs) nobody's dying, and I'm sure every book would say that we're not ready. I mean, you're here all the time. No problem. I'll get out of your hair. I'll leave the key. No, no, don't leave the key. Take the key. I just, I need my space. I, I, I feel like I'm being suffocated. Jesus, Miranda. It's like you're the guy sometimes. Okay, Steve. What do you think? I love that she's like, where did that come from? Like, as if he just told her that, like, I know. he wants to, like, move to China or something. Especially, and I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, like, in New York, people are moving in with each other because it is such a pain in the ass to A, pay rent in two places and B if you live in a different neighborhood it it feels far there's something about I mean unless it's like Chelsea and Soho maybe that's different but like if someone lives in Brooklyn and the other person lives in Harlem or wherever you're like that's far like it is possible to not see each other as much yeah and I mean I think it's her just being defensive because they're obviously in love and they're around each other all the time so it's like if you're seeing someone five nights a week and they're like I think we should move in and they're like where did that come from it's like okay you're being a little cuckoo yeah she's being a little cuckoo I do relate to it as someone who really likes their space um, and I'm also married to someone who loves being around me and people all the time he grew up um, in a room with his brother they were on bunk beds like it was just like hanging out all the time and for me I'm an only child so I I definitely was like hanging out with my friends a lot and having sleepovers but like they went home and then I was like by myself and like doing my thing and I just really value my alone time I so that. I am a bit of a Miranda here um, I get that but yeah I think it's also for Miranda I get the sense that she's never really lived with a guy I think it's also like more what it represents and just feeling like a lot and something that she's truly never had to think about until this moment yeah I think that's a very empathetic read actually because you're making me think of it in a different way because I guess I relate a little more my attachment style is much more like Steve's. I'm a little more needy, a little more clingy, mm-hmm. a little more like want to be around someone. Mm-hmm. And so I was like watching that scene from Steve's point of view yeah. and feeling hurt. Yeah. But I can understand it too. Um, if you're uh, not to say you are talking about Miranda, but if you're kind of type A and you like your space and you like things to be done a certain way, a yeah. bit, bit controlling, which I can also be, I think. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, I wasn't saying yeah to that. I was having no, another no, thought. No, no, I'm just thinking about it. And I'm thinking, I mean, part of wanting, if you live by yourself, you can get really yes in your ways. Yes. And that is a hard thing about uh, cohabitating. Yes. And I've also said this multiple times. I do think it gets harder and harder as you become more fortified as an independent human being. And you're like, for me, Dan and I lived in this apartment when we were in New York when I was like 27. 
And it was so tiny. Like, there's no way I could do it now. I mean, we were living in the tiniest room. We had the tiniest living room. Like, there was just nothing. And we we had to just be around each other all the time. But because I was, like, Young that and in age, love and whatever. Yeah, I was just like, whatever. This is, like, kind of cool. And we, like, live in Manhattan. And it's, like, kind of a shithole in a funny way. Yeah. But then I think as you get older, you're like, oh, I worked so hard in my 20s to, like, be able to afford some space of my own in my 30s. And I think that... I can feel that a little bit with Miranda as someone who like works really hard and like really values her time outside of work to just decompress. And we see this throughout their relationship, the Stephen Miranda storyline. Push pull. Yeah, because he is just kind of like fine being around her all the time and he doesn't decompress the same way she does. And I think that's something that couples deal with where it's like it really is different styles it's no one is right or wrong it's just different yeah that's true and I think that oftentimes people end up in relationships with people that are not like them yes it's hard to find yes most people aren't really attracted to people that are just like them yeah so you're going to have to make adjustments I think wanting to be independent within a relationship is totally legit but I do think there are ways to be a little gentler with it than like you're always here I mean Miranda's brutal she's so brutal yeah yeah she's brutal and it's also like Steve is such a good guy like he just loves her so much and he's not like afraid of it and she's just very timid and again that that shows up over and over and over with their relationship is like he's always kind of five steps ahead of her emotionally yeah it's interesting I mean it's like people have to make compromises like I also think as I think there's a lot of shades to Miranda because I do think that she has a beautiful place. She likes it just so. I mean, I can be like that. Like, I remember my sister stayed with me and like, oh, I yeah. would like move the coaster around. I mean, sure. I was being a psycho because if no. you're used to living alone, you just are used to doing things and then you kind of whatever. So I understand that. But I also think there's another part of Miranda that is really scared to get hurt, that her walls are really high. And I think in addition to the logistical, like, oh, sharing space and that, yes. I do think there's also a, like, this is really scary. I could get really hurt here. Yeah. Yeah, I love her. Me too. Love She's my son Moran Morans. After Steve rushes into the night, a man without an apartment, Miranda heads to a bizarre ribbon exercise class with Carrie. They leave early and get to the bottom of Miranda's freakout. She's stressed about Steve invading her space, love him or not. But when she goes home and finds out he's not there after all, she realizes she messed up. She needs a little of that Steve messiness in her place. She loves that Steve messiness. It's really sweet, that scene. Charlotte heads to her photo shoot with Baird, where she gets styled like a law and order extra, a distinctly male extra. Only she isn't quite feeling the testosterone flowing through her like Baird wants. The scene is hilarious. So they stuff another sock down Mm -hmm. her pants to really Mm -hmm. give her that big Mm -hmm. dick energy. It flips some switch in her and she does it. She kisses Baird man style. Animal style. Oh, my God. Matt and Samantha have yet another blow up, this time over the correct order to get lunch. While his attitude and complete lack of professionalism get him fired, they're also what get Samantha going. And they have some post-employment sex on his desk. 
Uh, for those who watched this episode, I thought that the Samantha's outfit was really outrageous. She was, was wearing she a wearing? lime green skirt oh, and a yes. bright pink bustier yes. and like a bright pink yes. long sleeve shirt on top. Like, what is this? I was like, this is a wild outfit. She her clothes are so fantastic. They're incredible. It's just like all just like like monochromatic like Bizarre. turquoise structured suits. Oh. I'm like, I guess someone made those for her. I'm like, what what? designer makes those you know what i mean fun to wear those clothes they must have like tail they must have like got a tailor to make those for her because they're so distinct i know yeah miranda invites steve over for some i'm sorry spaghetti but she shows up late drops her sauce and kind of botches the whole damn thing steve good guy that he is hugs her and basically fixes everything he's not going anywhere literally I'm not going anywhere. Those are the real four words I want to hear from a man. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's true. Carrie and Sean head to a party. It's at Sean's friend's place, which Carrie is fine with until she finds out which friend's place. It's Sean's ex-boyfriend, Mark. While she tries to maintain a that's fine that he dated a guy before me vibe, she's a little on edge. And when the party turns into a game of spin the bottle, she keeps trying right up until the bottle lands on her. Guys, she has to kiss the real Alanis Morissette, and we all ought to know where it's going. Before you play the clip, I just have to say, Mm. the kiss that they have is so lame. Carrie is such a damn square. She's a square. I mean, she was, first of all, Alanis Morissette is stunning in this episode. She's young and beautiful. It's not like... It's not like somebody with like black teeth was like coming at her. I mean, no, she literally froze and like I I can't believe what a lame was, kiss it was. It was and also you are playing spin the bottle like you're and also you're not that old. That's another thing I would like to point out is that Carrie's not only square, but it's like yes, you are not in your 20s. We get it. But you're also you're not, not that far out yeah. of your 20s to where you're like, I can't even recollect what that was like. Like, I know. play the game. <laughs> you're dating. You always wear like youthful outfits. Yeah, you're, you're wearing youthful. like negligees every yeah, day. You're wearing fucking, uh, yeah. You're wearing a bra and underwear like down the street. You're wearing a underwear to yeah. work. Yeah. Like you're, like you know what's up. You're totally I'm sorry. right. Oh my God. She is like, it's such, but that's also, again, what makes her such a fabulous character is that, well, all these characters, they're all so complicated. Like, it's true. I mean, when the bottle goes and she goes, oh, well, I'm oh a girl and God. she's a girl. So should I spin again? I'm like, bitch, oh my God, was this Carrie. the 1930s? Yes. And Probably it's also like, in the 1930s, they'd be fine with it's it. It's also like, did you like, yeah, like, come on. And also the way they even filmed Alanis Morissette sort of like coming at her, it was almost like. I don't know. I was like, it's almost like in Nemo when like the like whale approaches and they're just kind of like looking at it like, oh, no, I'm about to get swallowed. It's like, bitch, it's Alanis Morissette. Suck her face. Oh, my God. It's also- a grand old time. Yeah, that reaction was lame. OK, cue the clip, Sky Sky. Oh, whoops. It's a girl. Try again. It's OK. Of course it was OK. I was in Alice in confused sexual orientation land. I realized I had a choice. I could stand up and walk out and prove I was an old fart, or I could fall down the rabbit hole. Good music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is like the worst kiss you've ever seen on TV. Yeah. It's very like school dance in the 70s. Alanis looked so pretty. Yeah. She was really cute. She was 17. And so I fell. 
It wasn't bad. Kind of like chicken. Oh my god. We're kind of like critics on this show, but it's all out of love. Like, I'm not saying that anything should be different in the show. No, I would be devastated if it were. Right. I do think, however, even though it's completely played for laughs, not to sound like a coastal, liberal, over-the-top, ridiculous person, but I don't think it's that crazy to go to a party where, like, a gay couple has an ex that's a woman and another person. It's like she was acting like it was like, guys, can you just all do the things that like really oppressive society has told you? Because it's hurting my like brain. I was like, this isn't that cuckoo. And and Carrie, one of your best friends is gay. Yeah. What? I, why are you so shocked by everything? It's yeah, not like you so live country in, bumpkin. It's not like you live in like a small town in the Midwest and, you know, it's just like you don't know that many people. It's like you live in New York. You've always <laughs> lived in New York, the epicenter of the arts and, and fashion and culture, things that you like. You're not a square who lives in New York. You're a person <laughs> taking in New York for what New York provides. So it's like it actually makes zero sense that it shocks you. Yeah. It's like imagine going to a party and being like, wait a minute. You dated him. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. And you did her. I'm sorry. I have to go. This is crazy. (laughs) Like imagine being like overwhelmed and being like, I just got to light this cig and get out of here. I mean, you start uh, taking the red string from like couple to couple. So it was you and it was you. What? Like a war room, yeah. just like putting up tacks on the yeah. wall, just connecting the dots. You're like, wait, a, you're like furrowing your brow. You're like, wait a minute, but you're a girl and you, and you dated, dated another a girl. But now, now you're, you're with, with a, a boy. Guy. Hang on. I just got to sit down Slow for a second. Down. Wait, let me get out my pen and paper. I got to jot down some Something notes. that my grandpa would do. I oh, think. my God. I have to storyboard this to really make sense of it. I love it. Um, okay. Well. Guys, this brings us to uh, the question of the episode. That night, I couldn't get Samantha's words out of my head. Was Sean's generation onto something? Was sexual flipping the wave of the future? And if it was, could I play that game or was I over the hill? If women can transform into men and men can become women and we can choose to sleep with everyone, then maybe gender doesn't even exist anymore. If we can take the best of the other sex and make it our own, has the opposite sex become obsolete? Strangely, a very, very forward-thinking question. Agreed. When they when she boils it down, you're like, wow, that is some writing, especially for the time. It's totally riveting. What, yeah. what do you think about this question? Well, I think it's really interesting, and it's something I've thought about. Like I, like I was saying before, I was like thinking, I'd definitely have been like, maybe I'm bi, and then I know other, so many other women specifically. I don't want to speak for men, but a lot of women who are like, yeah, I'd probably date a girl. Yeah, everybody would. I know. So I'm kind of like, what does that mean? And you know, what what does it mean? I don't know. I mean, I feel I feel this question feels very pertinent to sort of a a conversation that I feel like a lot of women I know right now are having, like a lot of my friends. Yeah, I mean, when I was, I think I was in love with my best friend from middle school who was a girl. Like, I think I was like romantically in love with her. Yeah. Wow. I was so obsessed with her. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And there was a time in college when I hooked up with a couple of girls where the next day, the thought of being a lesbian was so terrifying to me mm. and I come from like nobody in my family no, would care. No, no. but just the idea of like wait a minute so I have to like walk down the street 
holding another girl's hand and people would know like it was so wild to me. Mm -hmm. So I think that and I mean, I think that naturally I am much more straight. Yes. But I do think that it's almost impossible to parse out what your sexuality is when society is still so psychotically brainwashing. Yeah. Because there's no room to really figure it out necessarily. Yeah. I just think that like even certain things like when care, when, um, uh, Charlotte was wearing the guy outfit. Mm -hmm. I found that for some reason, um, like, like very unappealing. Mm. Like I would not want to wear that. And I thought she looked kind of unappealing in it, which is a totally non PC thing to say and exploring those feelings. Like, well, why do I find that unappealing? Why wouldn't I want to do that? Why, why went in the past when a boyfriend has asked me to like use a strap on and have sex with him? Why did I not want to do that? Sure. And it's interesting. It really brings up these questions of, is it because I naturally am not interested in right. it? This is or, the chicken or the egg thing. Or yes. is it because it makes me feel like I'd be less than a woman? Yep. Or And I actually have no idea. That's that's what's so infuriating about it. Yeah. I think it's really hard to know what what of my brain is programmed to think a certain way and what what is actually just how I feel. It's, yeah. But that's that's true with a lot of I feel like that's true with a lot of different sort of forms of societal pressure. It's just very hard to sort of be in touch with your gut. The only thing I can say at the very least about you and I sitting here Mm -hmm. is I feel like if either of us really had strong feelings about something, I don't think we could actually repress it. Like that's true. I think if I really totally wanted to do something, I would do it. Cause like we're both in comedy and like TV and that's like the hardest thing ever. Yes. And that's like fighting against the grain every day. Yes. So I agree. It would be weird if this was like our one thing that we're like, we have to keep under wraps. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of have a feeling that we are kind of straight, but I do think that as far as fluidity and gender and, and all that stuff. I think that if we lived in this radically liberal society where n- there was no judgment or shame, probably everyone would be pansexual. And just if anybody intrigued or at them, least be open to experimenting and yeah. figuring it out for themselves. Or maybe you just wouldn't have to label yourself at all. Right. And then it just would be totally irrelevant. Yeah. It would, would be, be like cool. a thing that people don't even I mean, they would talk about it, but not in a not a, this who is are not you? what Explain I choose yourself. and this is what you choose. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, this brings us to our last segment of the episode. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? It's an excellent question. <sighs> Great. Um, I am horny for Mrs. Maisel season oh, three. Nice. I watched the entire thing in one day. Oh, wow. I know. I stayed up until two in the morning. Um, it is bright. It is beautiful. It is fun. It is beautiful. Mrs. Oh my God. Maisel is, is like a real, um, she's a real inspiration actually because she totally believes in herself. She has a really can-do attitude and she's really pretty positive. Like, I am, I can be a bit of a negative person and I can be kind of, yeah, I can be a little negative and I'm trying to be more positive. Mm. So Mrs. Maisel's goals. Um, yeah, actually my horny for is a quote from that season. Oh my God. Which I also agree with you and just want to like co-sign on the fact that this show is very inspiring. And I think the earlier seasons had notes of that, but this season in particular is very 
it makes you feel like you can do anything. That's such a wonderful thing. And um, and that's what I love about it. I also love that like she really doesn't shit on herself and she also doesn't I, I, I just want to say, by the way, if this is a spoiler to you in any way, I totally understand that feeling. So um, you know, if you need to like shut it shut off the podcast before I continue, I understand. Um, but I think that her parents not being super accepting of her comedy or not even accepting her mom is not interested. Her mom is antagonistic about it. Yes. But then her dad even just sort of like lightly being like, no one laughed at that part um, that you, and she's like, that's the setup. No one's supposed to laugh at that part. The the way she defends that and isn't thwarted by it is really incredible because when I was starting out in standup, if my parents said that and it was just truly an ignorant thing that they said, I, that would not roll off my back easily. That's um, a good point. And for her, she's really unaffected. I mean, she is affected by it. She is, and we see that play out. But she, in the moment, seems to kind of let it happen. Hmm. The quote I wanted to say, and again, I don't think this is a spoiler, but I'm just flagging it because I would hate to spoil anything for you. Stop but, listening if you haven't yeah, watched the rest of it. Um, or maybe it really is not a plot point. I do want to say that. It's just a quote. Um, but there's a part where... Um, she meets, oof, it is a spoiler. Well, who cares? We already gave him a million. So she meets, uh, Joel's new girlfriend and Joel's new girlfriend says, I'm going to be a doctor. And she goes, well, I'm going to play the Apollo. And I thought that was like maybe the best quote of the entire season. Cause I've been thinking a lot lately about how stand up. Like, cause I used to kind of go through these periods of like, what am I doing this for? And what, how does it help people? And And then I was like, it actually helps people a lot. Like all of it. Media helps people. Podcasts help people. Like yeah, we I get, have, we get Instagram messages yeah, all the and time. And like I'm done feeling like, oh, it's a self like people, oh, it's a selfish pursuit. Actually, there's so much giving, it's crazy. Do people <laughs> actually say that? I think it's only our own heads that say that. No, I think people think that. Oh. Yeah. Or they like say they think it? that about artists. Like artists are narcissists. It's right. like but what would I mean? Give me a day without art. I yeah, don't want to live. I'll like die. That. I don't yeah. want to live. Yeah. yeah. So I'm in a place now where, and especially after hearing that, I was like, that is so fucking punk rock. And I loved it. So I'm horny for that quote. I love that. Thank you for that quote. And this is a very special horny for because we, this is the first time we've ever had the same horny oh for. Oh my God. I know. And like, it was like you like set up the shot and then I dunked it. Gal, we were loved just it. meant to do it. Meant the pod. to do it. Okay. Well, um, happy holidays, everyone. And thank you for listening. And we love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. you nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Pew, pew, pew.